Hello, everyone, and welcome to a very special episode of Talking Games with Kelly and Andrew. I'm Andrew. I'm Kelly. And this is our Game of the Year special. We made it. It's Game of the Year. It's 2021. The very end, folks. Wrapped up. We're wrapping it up. Putting a nice little bow on it. There was a lot of 2021. We did. We started in May. Mm-hmm. So 2021 was a pretty big year for us. It was our first year of the podcast. We technically had the show for the majority of the year. So we covered a lot of stuff. We did. I, it, it was, I, I've loved this show and I'm really excited to kind of wrap it up. Like you said, with a neat little bow on top. <laughs> Me too. So, uh, I figured it'd be smart of us because we're not paid game journalists so we don't just play the new stuff we play whatever we're feeling i thought it'd be fun to start with uh some games that we played this year that are some of our favorites that aren't from this year how do you how do you feel about that kelly i feel very good about that do you want to do you want to get us started with something that you played this year that you didn't that didn't come out this year sure so something that i played this year is a little game that we've all heard of called hades i played it on the switch Um, I really enjoyed it because I don't typically, I'm not super into like roguelikes. Um, but I think there's something just about the, the gameplay and the character design and the level design that's really, really addicting. It also helped me get through a, a long, long layover on a flight. So that was really nice. Um, (laughs) so I feel like I have a special emotional attachment to the game because it's been with me in some tough times it's trapped in the denver airport so (laughs) i um that's one of my favorite games that came out that did not come out this year um that i played this year for the first time and that came out last year yeah i am with you that's actually my first item that i had on my list as well it's almost Um, like i copied you or something you cheater (laughs) you you well i said it second so i feel like i copied you that's true. You did copy me, actually. I'm sorry. I have nothing to say about Hades because I copied Kelly, and that would be theft. <laughs> In actuality, I, I loved this game a great deal. I got very addicted to it. Um, I just think the gameplay loop is really satisfying, and it's helped a lot by the level of writing. Like The writing is truly something special, so when you lose a run, it's not a big deal because it's, oh, I lost, but at least I get to see some new story content. And that's really what keeps the loop satisfying because it never it never feels bad like a lot of roguelikes where you lose tons of progress. And it helps that you can unlock things between runs that help each run, you know, increase your health, make it so that you can die or revive after dying. All these little things that make the game just a little bit more manageable and also make you feel like you're growing, not just in your skill level, but also the character themselves are growing, is growing. Zagreus, I love him. I love Zagreus. Zagreus is my character of the year, even though he's not from this year. <laughs> yeah, he's pretty hunky. He hunky. He nice. He's friendly. He's a he's a nice boy. He's also hunky. And he's yeah, he's hunky. Yeah. And he's I I love some LGBT representation, and he's that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I we need more bisexual boys in our video games. That's what I'm always saying. Yeah, there's like at at least one of them that I know of. And there needs to be a second, I'd say. (laughs) Yeah, I know. That's a that's a good point. 
like you think about it, even in games where you can like romance characters, it's very seldom is a man is a male character bisexual. He's either right. like gay or straight. And it's like, come on. Come on now. What about I can think of a few examples, but they're like all Bioware games. So Yeah, and those are kind of like not strictly bisexual. It's just like you pick their sexuality and it's like because you can only romance one character, it kind of locks them in the box of of the gay or straight, where this game doesn't really... It sort of does that, but I yeah. like this better because he's Zagreus. Right. He has character, you know? Whereas right. in those games, it's kind of like Shepard is, is the character you make them. But right. in this game, Zagreus is very much a defined character. Correct. Do you, have, do you have another game you played this year that perhaps has a character that you can control? I do. I do. Um, so another game that I played this year, I mean, I played it last year too, but it came out at the end of last year and I played it a lot in the beginning of this year. And now again, I'm playing it at the end of this year. Um, you've probably all heard of it. Actually, no, you none of you have probably heard of it. It's a <laughs> little indie Real game niche, yeah, niche. from this little Polish studio. Uh, it's called Cyberpunk 2077. Um, just kidding. That was a joke, you guys. That was a goof. <laughs> did you think I was being serious? That was, come on, that was a I joke. Did. Oh, I've well. never heard of Cyberpunk. Is it not from an indie studio? Mm, it's actually from a AAA studio. <laughs> I thought you said it was from a Polish studio. They are Polish. There's not a single A in Polish. Po oh. That's so confusing, Kelly. Well... Maybe you need to open your mind up a little bit. Okay. Well, maybe you should tell me about Cyberpunk and that'll help. So um, I played Cyberpunk when it originally launched. I played it on my base PS4, my 2015 PlayStation 4. Um, needless to say, there were some issues, a lot of <laughs> crashing. Um, and then I played it like well into January. I did like two playthroughs of the game and then I got my PS5 and I played it on my PS5. It was a much better experience, a lot smoother. Um, frame rate was a lot better and it did not crash as much. And now I'm thinking it's December 2021, right? And I have this new gaming PC. It's really nice. So I said, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and buy it on Steam. It was on sale. It was half off, which is a good deal. I think $30 for this game is honestly a good deal. Not going to lie. Because they've done a lot to improve it, a lot of stability patches, um, and I feel like it's a lot, I, I think, um, I don't want to go on a tangent here, but I think that if you temper your expectations, um, I, I, you will have fun with this game. I think a lot of the initial issues were sort of a mixture of things. I think it was a big camp of people who were kind of like, well, the game is really bad and unstable and glitchy. And then another big camp of people that were like, well, it's not really the game that we were expecting. Um, and now I think that one camp can sort of be soothed with the reality that it's really not that glitchy anymore. I mean, it's about as glitchy as Skyrim and, you know, everybody still plays Skyrim, but I think I've been able to have a good time with the game. I had a good time with the game when it first came out in 2020. So 
Um, but I'm really enjoying it on the PC. It runs really, really well. Uh, the frame rate's great. I'm playing it with ray tracing on, which is very cool. Ooh. I know everybody's got like, like if you're if they're wearing sunglasses, you can like see everything in the reflection of their sunglasses. It's really, really pretty, and I feel very immersed, and I'm having a good time. Um, and I think maybe it was just because it was this time of year last year that I first played it, but I just sort of felt the urge to play it again, and then I did, and it. I'm like, I'm realizing it's really, it's really a favorite game of mine because I really like the story, I really like the characters, and I think the gameplay is very fun. So, I'm looking forward to playing this soon too. There's a high chance that this will be on my list of <gasps> outside of the year game of the year awards in 2022. Yes. Did that sentence make sense? Yeah, I followed okay. you. I followed your through line. And if the audience didn't, well, then I'm just going to start talking about something else so they don't have time to question me. <laughs> I had an RPG that I played this year. Uh, I could argue that this is one of my game of the years that came out this year because I played Yakuza Like a Dragon on PS5, which technically came out in March. But I feel kind of cruddy putting it on game of the year because it came out on everything else November of last year, including PlayStation 4. It was simply the PlayStation 5 version that came out in March. Um, but I really enjoyed this game. I've talked about it a couple times on the show. Um, early on, I played a little bit and then I ended up finishing it several weeks later. And I just really highly recommend this one. I think it's a fantastic entry point for the Yakuza franchise, which is a little overbearing and very long. So having an entry point that doesn't require like six games of background is very nice. And I think the change to turn-based RPG mechanics instead of just action melee combat was a smart decision and one that while not fully fleshed out left me very satisfied and i'm very excited for what's in the future of this secondary series if you will not quite a spin-off because they do have yakuza spin-offs but this is more of like a a new version of the franchise and i it really stuck with me especially the story the story i will remember the main characters long after i forget the little details of what happened in the plot. So I highly recommend this one. Did it make you feel like a dragon? No. Oh. It made me feel like a Japanese mafia member who, with a baseball bat. Oh, okay. Well, I guess that's half the title, so. Yeah. We're already halfway there. Whoa, um, whoa. Oh. We're living on a, on, on a prayer. Yeah, just like Isabel. Just like Isabel from hit game Animal Crossing. <laughs> which is another one of my favorite games that I played this year. Uh, it came out last year in 2020 in March, right when, um, you know, the world Stuff. shut down for a little while. <laughs> so it was a nice escape, but the game sort of like plateaued and uh, a lot of people were sort of burnt out on it. But then they released this huge update just a month ago now. Um, and I really enjoy it. And I'm having a fun time with the game. And I just want to say it's like one of my favorite games from the past two years. And wow. yeah, I'm um, my island is still a work in progress. Um, if anybody has uh, Julian, the horse, please give him to me. Um, because his birthday is the same as mine. And he's a blue horse. And... 
he's also a bisexual man. And I, I just made him. that up. But no, you don't. I had him. I don't know if he no. left my island since I last. Yeah, I had. He has the like space shirt. Yeah. Yeah, I had him. Are you kidding me? I might still me? have him. I might Are still have to boot. I might have to boot the <laughs> they, they don't move if you don't. Nothing happens if you don't log into your island. Yeah, he'll, I have so him and like the terrifying clown. Pietro. You have Pietro? Do you want you want all oh, my villagers? Oh my god. I'm about to cry. Well, I guess we've discovered that I'm about to get into Animal Crossing to give Kelly all my villagers. I love Pietro. He's just a little clown. I also He's really, terrifying. I also really like Dom. He's also a sheep and he has um like you know the for Apple users, the emoji and it's like puppy eyes and he's like Hmm. Yeah. That's what Dom's face looks like. He's got Oh, I have him too. No, you don't. No, I don't. I did have the first two. That's not a joke, but I was gonna say, no way you have Pietro and Dom. You would be like the luckiest person on the planet. I have Boomer. Boomer. He's a penguin, right? Yeah. Yeah. He's very cute. I think I have my favorite vill- villager or islander, I guess. Her name is Nan. She's a goat and she's black and she wears like a little oh. orange like um, cardigan, not cardigan, like Aww. a little dress thing, tartan. That's tartan, so cute. Car- yeah, it, she's very cute. I love her so much. Um, and I also have Stitches the bear, who's like, he looks like a little like stitched together stuffed animal. He's so cute. He's my favorite. That's so cute. I guess, yeah, we're going to have to start a live stream. That's just Kelly pointing at all their villagers and describing <laughs> them. I um, Some of my villagers I love and some of them I'm like, get GTFO. <laughs> Sorry. I think is, they're all really What's like, that stand for? Get the freak out. Yeah. Okay. Thanks. You're welcome. Like I have this Okay, I'm sorry. I won't I, I never mind. No, keep No, go. Tell me <laughs> story. No, you can't you can't open a story and then say never mind. I have this rat. I literally don't even remember his name, but he's a rat and I want him off my island because I really don't like his design and he's grumpy and old and he stinks. And he started the plague, the bubonic one. <laughs> Thank you for for specifying which play. <laughs> Single-handedly, it was all him. Um, what was so, his name? Craig? No, not Craig. I think it's... What did you say? I don't know his name. I can't remember. I would Where'd have to I get Craig? Up. I don't know. I don't know where you got Craig. <laughs> I've never met a Craig in my life. Like, not even in real life. Well, if he did, he definitely would have spread the plague if his name was Craig. Craig the plague. Spreader. Craig the plague. That's probably why. Probably. Um, well, while you search what the ugly rat's name is, <laughs> the last game I have on my list of uh, last year's games that I played this year is Chet- Tetris Effect Button VR. So I played this actually a, quite a while ago on PlayStation 4, but this year I played it on my Oculus Quest 2, and I really think it's a special experience. It's the best way to play Tetris, in my opinion which is saying a lot because there's about 14,523 ways to play Tetris, I would estimate. Um, And this is the best one. It's just a really special experience and it really immerses you. And if you know how to play Tetris really well, the mechanic of being able to do multiple lines at once, as in like, (laughs) that was a stupid way of phrasing it. Like you can freeze time and do like several sets of blocks. So you can do like, I don't know what it's called. It's like quadratep. Protectress. It's probably not that. That sounds right. Yeah, but it means <laughs> sixteen lines at once. Mm. Or actually, I think you could do like twenty. You could do a lot. 
but that is the most satisfying. Like getting a Tetris is satisfying. Getting like six Tetrises at once is incredibly satisfying. And I really thought it was one of the better VR experiences, which is ironic because it involves sitting still in a chair. Whereas most VR games are a lot of movement. This game's just look at the pretty Tetris, lots of particles, fun music. Does it have like the original like yeah, that's one of the. We're gonna get copyright struck. Struck I'm sorry, Tetris man. Sorry, Mr. Tetris. Mr. Riss. We we meant you no offense. Yes, um, that is one of the themes that you can pick. It's like Game Boy looking, but all the themes are very modern, and there's like a music, and it's like, you know, like that, you know, like that. Yeah, and it's connected. That's the only word I can remember. Oh, okay. All right. I recommend it highly. It is available on like everything. It's even on Switch now. Um, if you have VR, it's the best way to play it. But if you don't, I still highly recommend playing this game on any platform you have access to. Uh, Do you find the rat's name? Yeah, but now I feel bad. What's it? Because I was really name? mean to him. No, I don't feel bad. What's his name? Come on, let's dox him. His name is Rizzo. Everybody get Rizzo. No. Oh, like the Muppet. Like the Muppet. Yeah, except I love Rizzo a... the rat. Yeah. Let's just sure. pretend it's the Muppet. <laughs> I can do that. Uh, well, I hope he's not dead by daylight. You know, I feel like that was a really just like, you're just like jumping right into it. Like no preparation. You just said, and that, and I hope he's not dead by daylight. You could have been like, oh, I'm afraid of puppets. You know what game has puppets? Dead by Daylight. I didn't know it had puppets, so it would be really crazy well, if I thought of that. It has a little Saw puppet, like from movie Saw. Movies? <laughs> anyway. Um, a game that I played this year that did not come out this year that I really enjoyed is Dead by Daylight, as mentioned by Andrew. Um, I'm not usually into, like, we talked about it before, but... I'm not usually into like online games to this extent. I used to play Overwatch. Um, it was a dark time in my life. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. I did used to play Overwatch, but um, it gave me really high blood pressure. So I tend to stay away from online games. But there's something really, really fun about Dead by Daylight. I don't know if it's because... There's kind of like a few different ways to feel successful. It's not necessarily like I won because I did this. It's like I did I didn't win, but I still feel good about how I played or like whatever. Um, not whatever. I mean, you know what I mean. <laughs> no, I mean I, I. The best way to uh, best the best designed multiplayer games. You are happy you played whether you win or not. Right, and I um really enjoy all the different like horror properties that have been brought into the game. I think it's really cool to see like Ghostface and Michael Myers and Freddy like all in the same game. Freddy Krueger. Um, sorry, I act like him and I are on a first name basis, but um, <laughs> me Mr. and Fred. <laughs> Fred. Um, but I really enjoy it and I'm having a good time and I'm really excited for the new killer um, who's going to be Samara from The Ring. Oh. Which is pretty cool. Is that like news that I just hadn't heard yet? That's crazy. Yeah, it's like it's like yesterday or maybe two days ago. So oh, so a while ago when you're listening to this episode, but right, that's crazy. That's really cool. I know. So I'm excited about that. Um, and 
those are the games that I played this year that were not from this year that I really enjoyed. Yeah. Do you want to maybe we should hop in some some honorable mentions? This is games that came out this year, but didn't quite make the list of uh, game of the year contenders. So. So how about I'll hop right in. There's a game that came out this year, sort of. Super Mario 3D World came to the Nintendo Switch. That's a seven-year-old game. Nothing new there. However, it did come with a plus on it, and that plus was Bowser's Fury. There actually was a plus in the title. I'm not just saying it weird. It's Super Mario 3D World plus Bowser's Fury. I was tempted to put Bowser's Fury on my Game of the Year contenders, but I decided that was a little... It's not a full-length game. It's just a few-hour-long experience. And I loved it a lot, and I thought it did a lot for the 3D World formula. And 3D World was great and improved a lot on Switch. But I didn't think it was entirely fair, since most of the game that you're paying for is a seven-year-old game with minimal improvement, no visual improvements, basically, and just a couple little gameplay tweaks. So I thought it was a little, you know, not enough to justify putting it on the the game of the year once but i played it this year came out this year and i loved it a lot so that's one honorable mention yes another honorable mention is monster hunter rise which i played briefly and i had a good time um but i didn't you know i didn't like you know i didn't like sink into it like i would have liked to i I like you were doing like a cat's like a (laughs) big cat sinking its claws in but nobody can see your hands so you just went That was Kelly putting her claws into it. Yeah. Um, Like a monster. Like a monster that you would hunt. I feel like people (laughs) who... Wait, 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 wait. I wouldn't, but... Okay. Like a lion? Like a lion? Like you'd poach a a lion? Like a monster. (laughs) I'm sorry, I'm going to let you talk talk about Monster Hunter Rise and not imply that you're a poacher. (laughs) (laughs) Um... I think for Monster Hunter fans, people who are really into the Monster Hunter games, this was probably like their game of the year. And I think that's really cool. Um, but for me, it just, I didn't like immerse myself fully. But, you know, maybe maybe that'll be on my list for next year of favorite games we played this year from not this year. So, yeah. Also, the PC version comes out very soon. So, that's true. That is true. So, who knows? Um, yeah that was a contender just because i i did have fun with the game when i did play it not a contender an honorable mention i should say. <laughs> um because i did have fun when i played it but i think this year was a little bit scarce with games anyway so yeah um i got a little speed round of a few other honorable mentions before we get into the full-on contenders uh one of them that i played that is a similar story to what i just described is final fantasy 7 remake intergrade So Final Fantasy VII Remake came out last year, and it was definitely one of, if not my game of the year in 2020. Um, But this year it came out for PlayStation 5, and now, as we found out at the Game Awards, it's also coming to PC. Um, It doesn't feel entirely fair, again, to put it on here because it is just a port, higher frame rate and stuff, but they did add a DLC expansion to the game as well, and I really, really liked that DLC. It did a great job of expanding the lore within the confines of the story that the first part of Remake was telling, but it also added some context post-credits, some stuff that happened after the main game, which I really liked a lot. But 
not enough to put it as a game of the year contender. Uh, another game that just came out that I actually talked about on the last episode of the podcast was Halo Infinite. I very well may have put this as a contender, but sadly this game came out very recently and I've not had a long time to play. I actually don't even have any more impressions uh, from last time I talked about it because I haven't even had a chance to play it, sadly. Life is busy. That's how it goes. I am planning on finishing it because I was enjoying it a great deal and the shooting and movement mechanics are really satisfying. Very fun. And the story seems to be going somewhere really interesting. Uh, and my final final honorable mention is Guilty Gear Strive. I'm not a big fighting game junkie, you know? I really like Smash, and that's basically all I get super into. Um, but I played this game right on launch with a couple friends who were also very into it, way more than me. And I had an amazing time. It is visually insane. It is absolutely stunning. And I think they did a really wonderful job with it. Uh, I think if you're into fighting games, this is one of, if not the best that came out this year and they're still adding DLC. So it is well worth looking into. If you have even the faintest interest in fighting games, highly recommend it. So Kelly. Yes. Are you ready? Yep. Should I, uh, I have a much longer list than you, Kelly. Yeah. Yes. Why don't you... Should I do two to your one? Sure, yeah. I think that would be good. I I played a lot of games that came out in 2021 this year. And and what was your story? What was your excuse? I am... I have no money. Uh Uh-huh. So all the games that I played, I have owned already. (laughs) Why didn't you steal? That's a great question. Um... I stole a loaf of bread (gasps) to feed my family in France. And then I was arrested. um, And then I came to France. And then I uh, changed my name. And then um, there's this guy. He keeps, like, following me. And, like, he's insistent that I'm prisoner 24601. What? Um, But uh, anyway... Well, so, how's this? Finish the story. How's this end? Well, I have I adopt a daughter, um, <gasps> Cosette, and then I get really old and sick, and then I die, and then the French, like a fake French Revolution, happens, and then everybody dies, and then the real one happens. Uh, but that's not till later. So, but I'm dead already. So, oh my god! That and was... the guy, the police commissioner, who thought that I was, um, that I was. Prisoner 24601. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, he dies too. Uh, he, <gasps> yeah, it's it's pretty wild. They made, they wrote a book about it. Uh, Victor, oh. uh, my buddy Victor go. wrote a book about it and then they made it into a movie. Well, they made it into a musical and then they made it into a movie. You know, it was just like. I cannot believe that I, you yeah. know, this is ringing a bell. I didn't realize that story was about you. Well, that's the thing is I kind of try and like keep it on the DL because nobody knows that I'm still alive. Uh, should I edit this part out? Yeah. And if they knew that I was the one who stole the loaf of bread, they would be like, what are you doing? You know, uh, duh, we're going to lock you up. Uh, but uh, anyway, that's why I didn't play that many games that came out this year. Because you were running from the law. Yes. Okay. Well, I'll edit this part out so that people don't know that you stole bread. Okay, thank you so much for doing that. 
Ha ha ha, Kelly. Great, great uh, anecdote. Now let's talk about our game of the year contenders. <laughs> okay. I'll start with uh, a game that came out in November, Shin Megami Tensei Five. I'll keep this one brief because I've been reviewing it on and off on the podcast the past few weeks, but this is an RPG from the Nintendo Switch. It is the fifth entry in Shin Megami Tensei series, as you can gather. Um, it's almost overshadowed by its uh, little brother, Persona, which is a spinoff of Shin Megami Tensei, but I think this game did a lot to really stand apart and make sure that it didn't just get looked at as a lesser persona. The internet definitely said a lot of things comparing it to that series, but I think it really stands alone. Um, it has some really satisfying mechanics. The difficulty is just right. The series has been known for being very difficult, so I don't recommend it as a first RPG by any means. However, if you have experience, it's going to challenge you without frustrating you. Very rarely do you have to repeat frustrating things. You just might have to do a boss a few times as you try to understand the mechanics and what the the gimmick is. Um, the story is minimalist, mostly in the background, based upon like big philosophical and religious concepts, but still very fun to watch. The cutscenes are really beautifully animated. Basically, everything about this brings it into a really nice package. Um... It's not overly long. It took me a, a little over 40 hours to finish, which I thought was a really perfect length. Didn't overstay its welcome. It doesn't quite deserve the 100-hour length that other JRPGs get because the story is mostly background and it's just about the mechanics. But that is my first contender for Game of the Year 2021. Very nice. My next contender is a little game it might actually be little. It's like medium game. A medium game called Psychonauts 2. This is a sequel to the 2004? Does that sound right? Psychonauts? Sure, yeah. yeah. I don't know. You could Google it, audience. It's been a lot of years. It's been like 17 years. Yeah, that sounds right. And we got we got Kelly on fact checker duty while I, while I start look at, talking about this one. So this is a sequel to a 17-year-old game. It is has long been in development. What is it, Kelly? 2005. Uh, I would like to ask the audience for <laughs> my for their heartfelt forgiveness. <laughs> my mistake will not go unpunished. We need a notes notes apology like ASAP. Yeah, I'm on it, audience. I'm writing it out right now as I talk about Psychonauts 2. This game really surprised me. I did not like the first game. And the first hour or so of this game has like a really slow burn open. And I wasn't a huge fan of how it felt. But once I got used to the movement mechanics and it really got into the general the general flow of the game, I fell in love with it. I really love the characters that they've designed. They're super well written. Some of the topics that they tackle are really heavy, but they're done so in a really smart way. It feels very researched no topic is just you know laughed about they talk about things like gambling addiction and depression and even like some psychosis some really intense subjects but they do a good job of presenting it in a light-hearted but still important manner um jack black is in it and he's fantastic he's he's uh definitely my favorite part of the game 
there's a drug-fueled part of the game that's intensely cool to look at, and Jack Black's character is basically just following you through it and making good comments. There's one part where you walk up to a hill and you're trying to find two people, and Jack Black says, yeah, this is where we used to get high. And then I'm like, wait, are you allowed to say that? This is a kid's game. And then Rasputin, the main character, points at a big hill and he says, like up there? He's like, yeah, like that, because they get <laughs> high up on a hill. That's funny. Um, but the game's chock full of smart little things like that, little puns. Um, but also, you know, some legitimately good character writing and a finale that I found really exciting and... I do hope that there's more in store for the Psychonauts. Uh, it's hard to say. The nature of the series is kind of niche, and even though the sequel seems to have really succeeded, it was even nominated in the uh, the Jeff Awards Game of the Year contender. So uh, I really loved this one. It This is probably my most... No, I would say my second most surprising contender for Game of the Year. I did not expect this to have this on my list. Ah. Would you like to share some of your contenders or one of your contenders? Sure. Miss Knock. Uh, I'm sorry, Kelly. Uh. <laughs> All of your social media is public, right? Sure. Do I have to bleep out your name? No. Okay. <laughs> um. So <laughs> one of my <laughs> sorry, one of my game of the year contenders is a little game that we talked about called Unpacking. Um, I bought it on Steam. It's just a little indie game where you go through different stages of this person's life and you unpack their belongings. Um, and it, it tells a story of their life and their trials and tribulations and triumphs. Um, it's very, very sweet, very, very subtle. Um, emotional. I feel like everything about the game was really well done. The story, the sound design, the music, um, the overall like feel of the game. I I know Andrew, you said you played it on Switch, um, Xbox, Xbox. I played it on PC, so I felt like the interface was really nice. Like the, just like clicking, dragging, kind of reminded me of like games that I used to play when I was little. Um, I used to. This is getting a little anecdotal tangential but dig deep dig deep there was this game i used to play when i was little it was like mickey mouse's kitchen <laughs> and you would just like click on stuff and put it places like you would take eggs out of the fridge and like you could do like bre the breakfast griddle or you could like make a cake or you could call minnie on the phone and be like get over here we're, ma we're eating it was <laughs> i mean it was a little bit like okay like chill like minnie's got her own life you know She's not beholden to your every whim. Um. <laughs> anyway, uh, it kind of reminded me of that. <laughs> so this was actually, it's one of my contenders for Game of the Year because not only was it heartfelt, but it was also just like fun to play. And I was able to just like sit down and play it in a few hours. Um, and I feel like it's very rare that I'm like, like I think... I am at this point with a lot of indie games where they come, they try and be charming and it just like comes across, it like falls really flat because it's like everybody wants to be the indie darling, you know, but I Absolutely. think, but I think this game did a really good job of actually being charming just by nature of, just by the nature of its story 
and it didn't it wasn't trying to be anything super super deep but it was still able to sort of touch like a very emotional it had a very emotional uh, like a touch point I guess is what I want to say and I think even if you can't relate to the main character I think there are things that are relatable so like no I'm not so and so and I don't do this this and this but I understand the feeling of moving from a place to a different place and feeling a little bit lost or like coming back home or, you know, getting to a point in your life where you are like, you feel free and comfortable and happy. Um, So I feel like that makes it one of my contenders for game of the year. I'm going to go ahead and piggyback off what you just said, because one of my contenders is also unpacking. I copied oh. you again. Oh my gosh. Um, this is my number one most surprising contender. Uh, I thought it looked really cute and stuff. The trailers were really well made and it looks like it had it looked like it had an art style that was gonna suit me and I was gonna enjoy it, but I really didn't expect to think it was one of my game of the year contenders. I thought it would just be a fun little experience for a little bit. Uh, like I said, I played it on Xbox and I was very surprised at how good the interface was. It feels like it was designed first for clicking with a mouse, but they did a very good job of translating that to a control stick for controllers. And at no point did I feel like it was a secondary experience, if you will. I think there's a lot of games these days that have kind of copied the the Destiny uh, menu interface, where you have like a floating little cursor over a menu instead of just going through with buttons and i was very worried at the start of this game that that's what this is going to feel like where it's like imprecise controls Mm. but it is very precise the audio design was incredible and there was one word you said kelly that i think really captures my feelings for this game and it's subtle at no point did it feel like it was forcing a story in front of me Instead, it was letting me unravel a story as I played, and it was a really special experience. I cried. I cry at a lot of things, so that's not Aww. saying a ton, but I did cry. Um, Aww. 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 I'm not going to cry right now, though. I am crying right now. That's what your crying sounds like? <laughs> My next game of the year contender. <laughs> I'm sorry, you just don't get. We don't cry on this show. That's not allowed. You're right. We are burly and tough. Stiff upper lip. What? It's like a British thing. When you are when you say you have a stiff upper lip, it means that you don't show a lot of emotion. I thought you were French. Maybe I'm both because everybody in Les Mis speaks with an English accent for whatever What's reason. What's Les Mis? Is that you never That's named the book. The book? Wait. That's based on you? Wait. Where are you we just... right now? <laughs> My next game of the year contender was Metroid Dread. Another Nintendo Switch title. This is made by Nintendo. This is the sequel similar to Psychonauts 2. This game is a sequel to a uh, many years old game. The last entry in the Metroid franchise was Metroid Fusion for the Game Boy Advance to give you an idea of how long it's been. Um, that was 17 years ago. That's probably why I got confused. But 
I really appreciated this game. I think it did a wonderful job of implementing a lot of the a lot of things that the industry has kind of grown because a lot of independent developers make Metroidvanias these days. So Nintendo going back and making a Metroid game after essentially indie developers have been doing that exact same thing for five to ten years now. It was, you know, it was a it was a tall task, and I think they did a wonderful job. It has my favorite story of any Metroid game. It's mostly minimalist, but the stuff that happens in it and some of the reveals are really satisfying. I really like the gameplay. Samus is incredibly satisfying to control, and the progression is, as one might expect from a Metroid game, really fantastic. The challenge was very satisfying, but I will say it is a point of deduction for this game because uh, there is no difficulty settings, and especially the final boss is very, very challenging. So if you're not a fan of challenge, or maybe you have something that prevents you from, you know, fast movements and quick button presses, then you're kind of left out in the dark with this game. Like, it doesn't really help you out. So that is definitely a downside. But everything about this game, visuals, music, sound, especially gameplay, top of the line, really fantastic. As a Metroid fan who's been waiting for a new game for a long time, I thought this was a wonderful return to form. Um... Mercury Steam, the developers of this game who work with Nintendo, did a really nice job, and it proves to me that Nintendo should definitely give their IPs out to more developers. In the right hands, with the right oversight, these games can feel just as polished as anything made in-house in Nintendo. But that is another Game of the Year contender for me. Wow. Um, so I feel like this is a little bit unfair. But a game that I played this year that I loved very, very much was the Mass Effect Legendary Edition, which is the, the remastered trilogy, the original Mass Effect trilogy remastered for modern generation, modern consoles. I played it on both PlayStation 5 and, well, PlayStation 4 technically on my PlayStation 5 and PC. Um, and I really enjoyed it. Mass Effect is one of my favorite series. So this was kind of an easy choice for me. Like I said, it feels a little bit unfair because these games didn't really come out this year. They came out in 2008 or 2007, 2009, 2012. But um, regardless, I did really enjoy this remaster. I feel like it, it was really simple and to the point. Um, it improved graphics that's what you need. It improved gameplay. That's what you need. And it just made it more accessible to more people. So I feel like you don't need to go, go overboard with a remaster and completely change everything about the game and make it look weird or different. Or um, all you have to do is, is make it more accessible and easier to play and make it loyal to the originals. Um, which not every remaster has done. So, no. I don't think it's unfair because I gave two honorable mentions to ports. Yeah. And those games felt more like ports, you know, with light improvements, whereas this feels like a true a remaster. Like they're doing something to improve this game versus just taking the file and putting it on a newer hardware. Yeah, you're right. 
You're right. So, yeah, I'll give them credit. I will give them credit where they deserve it. Yes. I don't want to get stuck in a loop. Unless we're talking about my game of the year contender, Deathloop. This is a PlayStation 5 exclusive for now. Bethesda produced game. This game is, like I just implied, coming to other hardware next year in all likelihood. But for now, is just on the PlayStation 5. It is also on PC. Um, This is a first-person shooter where you loop through the same day over and over and you are trying to eliminate eight uh, enemies in one single day. So it's about learning a bunch of patterns, learning about different characters and what makes them tick. Um, the mechanics are really, really polished. This is by Arcane, who made uh, Dishonored and Prey. So if you've played those games, you know that they're very good at movement They're really good at shooting mechanics. I thought this game was remarkably fun to play. Some of the story elements weren't quite up to snuff. I thought they could have done some more interesting stuff with this formula, but I was so enthralled and engrossed by the gameplay that I didn't really see those as too big of shortcomings. It was very fun to move around. It was exactly the length that had to be where I was just ready to be done at the end, which is rare, I feel, in most games. I feel like the majority of video games, I either get to the end wishing there was more, or get to the end and think, gee, I wish this ended quite a bit earlier. So a game ending the second I think to myself, hmm, I think I'm ready for this to end, is really something rare and special. (laughs) And the art style really, you know, it did very well. It won an award for its art style. I think it deserves as much. Um, and I think they, they went really hard on this one. And I enjoyed it. And it makes me excited for what Arcane has next. Because this is the first Arcane game that I've gone this hard on. That I've actually truly played this deeply and finished it. So, another game of the year contender is yet another PlayStation 5 exclusive. Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart. This is just pure fun. It has fantastic fantastic combat mechanics the movement feels really nice the visuals are incredible they take great advantage of the playstation 5 there's a lot of cool teleporting mechanics that you could only do on the playstation 5 and or series x just next gen hardware is what i mean um and the characters are fun they're well written there's not tons of depth but if you're playing through it once you're gonna have a good time um also, as a little side note, I think it uses the PlayStation 5 controller the best out of any game I've ever played. It does a really good job of like partial presses of the trigger, which is something that's really unique and special for the PlayStation 5. And yeah, I, I've been following this series my entire life. I've played Ratchet and Clank basically as early as I can remember being alive. So it's really exciting to see the series still go and see how it pushes new hardware still to this day. My final game of the year contender for 2021 is Resident Evil Village. This game came out in May on basically everything. I really loved what this game was was putting out in the world. I thought it was a really nice modern action horror game. 
I personally think the first few hours are really remarkable when you're in the castle segment. I kind of wish that was the whole game, honestly, because I think the the backtracking, trying to find things to open doors and solve puzzles is really satisfying, and they did a really, really good job with that. But then, not necessarily as a bad thing, but it definitely becomes a lot more action-oriented from there forward. The characters are really insanely unique. That's probably what sets this game apart beyond just fun gameplay. And I think it did a really good job of being a new Resident Evil game that didn't rely on any old tropes. It didn't rely on other plot lines or characters. It kind of just did its own thing. And it was cool that it's such a direct sequel to Resident Evil 7 and almost brings that story to a close in some senses. So that's my list. That was a great list, Andrew. Thanks, I made it. Good job. <laughs> are you gonna are you gonna are you gonna compliment my list or I really liked your list, Kelly. Thank I, you. I made I, it. Oh, that's so sweet. Yeah. So uh we didn't we didn't like mark it in the sheet or discuss before, so like who wants to go first? I'll go first. Okay. I should probably pick mine while you're going. Yeah. I would say so. <laughs> Here's my pick. <gasps> Drum roll. too loud should i do it quieter <laughs> hang on ready that's better it's unpacking <gasps> kelly talking games with kelly and andrew kelly award <laughs> i don't know we don't have titles for the award <laughs> goes to unpacking 2021 game of the year unpacking that is so cool I'm so happy that a game like that is able to win. Me too. I just feel like I connected with it the most. I mean, I love Mass Effect. It didn't seem, but it didn't seem right to make that game of the year. So unpacking is my game of the year because so, of all the so reasons nice. that I discussed earlier in this episode. <laughs> okay. I am very excited to hear that. I think it's again really cool that a game like that can kind of come out of nowhere like this little indie darling and you know kind of overtake a lot of really huge games like i know you're talking about fairness but like mass effect's one of your favorite franchises of all time it would have been very fair for you to pick that so a game about unpacking boxes and putting things on shelves winning over that is really crazy yes andrew yes have you chosen your game of the year yet? Um, yes. Can you tell me what it is? No. Oh, all right. Well, thank you guys so much for listening <laughs> to this episode, this very special episode. I feel like I'm usually the one making the sarcastic joke about ending an episode. <laughs> it's really pleasant to hear you make that joke. I know. Well, the opportunity was there. I kind of had to grab it. Well, I'm glad you grabbed it. All right, I've decided, Kelly. Okay, I'm ready. Do you want to give me a drum roll? I'm curious what it sounds like on your end. Yeah, how about I do it against my little like wrist pad? Okay, go. Let's get a little closer, a little louder. Louder. <laughs> my game of the year 2021 is Metroid Dread. <laughs> Kelly, got, Kelly got so excited. She whacked her microphone right out. Woo! 
That was a hard pick. That was really hard to decide. I could tell. You were having a rough time. Because, like, there's no specific standout game for me this year. It was just a lot of really good games. Like, I don't know. This is, like, a very consistently great year. Whereas most years are kind of, like, pretty good all year. And then there's a few games that are just, like, absolute standouts that obviously are picks. This year feels like it was more so just a lot of greatness and... That made it harder to pick one. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll see. We'll see. Uh, I, There's a couple games that came out this year that I still have to play. I will not make an addendum. This is my definitive pick for game of the year. But there's a chance that I will uh have some new opinions in 2022 once I've gotten to those. Oh. Well, wow. I look forward to hearing them. I... Look forward to our next episode of Talking Games with me. Kelly, mm. with you and with, me. And, uh-huh, yep, mm-hmm. and Andrew. Uh, talking Games with you and me does not sound quite as good. <laughs> as... <laughs> yeah, it sounds a little bit like juvenile. <laughs> talking but Games with you and me. That's exactly, that's actually our rebrand. That's, thanks for listening to this episode of Talking Games with you and me. Um, we will be back next week with a very special preview of the games to come in 2022 thanks everybody for listening we'll see you next week thanks everyone bye